Welcome to another UCTV.TV podcast presented by University of California Television. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the UCSF Osher Center and to our Integrative Medicine Today lunchtime lecture series. It's my pleasure to introduce Marcia Dagelman, who's going to teach us today about how we can learn to relax. Marcia has been with the Osher Center since 2004. She's an integrative medicine practitioner who uh, specializes in massage therapy and stress reduction. She's been practicing massage in San Francisco since 1980, and has been doing um, guided imagery since the 70s. One of the things that she'll do today is lead us in a body-centered relaxation exercise that is intended to help us feel um, and relax as if we were on a mini vacation. So without further ado, please join me in welcoming Marsha Dagelman. I'd like to uh, thank you all for coming, and I hope today is going to be a very relaxing experience, at least for you. So first thing I'd like you to do is just take a little uh, mini survey of yourself and see how relaxed or how stressed you are right this moment. So if you want to, you can just close your eyes for a second and give yourself a number somewhere between 1 and 10, 10 being maybe the most stressed you've ever been, you know, driving in freeway traffic at rush hour, or number one, being the most relaxed you can imagine being, like getting into a hot tub or something like that. So just give yourself a number. It's your own, you'll, you'll be your own experiment for today. Okay, so go ahead and open your eyes if you've closed them. And relaxation is a really important part of self-care. It's, it's something that everyone can do for themselves. To take some time every day to just hit that pause button, to just stop, unplug, relax, get away from the TV, the telephone, the computer, all of these things that keep us in a slightly revved up state all the time. And one of the benefits of relaxation is that it lowers your blood pressure. It lowers your heart rate. And it even leads to peace of mind. Relaxation is a skill that improves with practice. If you set aside time every day to relax, it'll be easier to do it, and you'll find that you'll be relaxing more deeply. So what is the relaxation response? What happens physiologically when you relax? Uh, Herbert Benson, uh, an MD from the Harvard Medical School, spent a lot of time researching this relaxation response, and he describes it as a physical state of deep rest that changes the physical and emotional responses to stress. And we know that a lot of our chronic diseases are stress-related diseases, so relaxation is the antidote to stress. He also describes it as a wakeful, hypometabolic physiologic state, which is kind of like, like hibernation, like just a way to just calm everything down, to just turn off a lot of those fight-or-flight chemicals. So it's the opposite of the fight-or-flight stress response. So what, what is this stress response? Well, we all know sort of the classic stress is this perceived threat from the outside world, 
You know, it's like the tiger attack. Something's going to get you. You've got to get revved up, ready to go, ready to run. You're going to get all fired up. So what happens in the stress response is that your heart rate increases, your blood pressure rises, your breathing gets fast and shallow, your blood is flowing to your legs so you can make a quick getaway, your blood sugar rises to fuel those muscles, and the sympathetic branch of the autonomic nervous system is activated. Here's a little review of the nervous system, in case you forgot. We have two kinds of nervous systems. The nervous system, the voluntary nervous system, where you tell your muscles to contract. That's the voluntary side. And then we have the autonomic side of the nervous system, things like heart rate and blood pressure and digestion, things that we can't say to our body to do. But yet, the, all these things are happening all the time. And this autonomic nervous system has two branches, the sympathetic, the fight or flight, get going. You might think of it as the gas of the car. And the parasympathetic is the rest and digest. It's kind of like the brakes of the car. So you, wanna, you, you need both of these things. You need to be able to get going when it's time to get going, but you also need, need to be able to relax and rest and digest when it's time for that. So that's kind of what I'm going to teach you today is how to turn off that go, go, go sympathetic state and and. and, and rest into that parasympathetic state because you can't make yourself do it. You have to just let yourself do it. Uh, modern stress, uh, this is a, a definition that our own Susan Folkman, who used to be the executive director here at the Osher Center, uh, describes stress as an imbalance between demands and resources or as occurring when pressure exceeds one's perceived ability to cope. And fight or flight isn't really an effective strategy when stress looks like this. You can't really run away from it. You can't really hide. So we have to, we have to find a way. We have to make the time to truly relax. So what are the effects of relaxation? What happens in your body when you relax? Well, one of the things that happens is your breath rate slows down. Your blood pressure drops, your muscles relax, and your, blood, and your blood, instead of flowing to your legs, goes to your gut for rest and digest. And so that's when that parasympathetic branch is activated. So relaxation improves your immunity. It boosts your natural killer cells. It lowers your blood pressure. It improves blood flow to the heart. Actually, the coronary arteries relax, and so more blood flows to the heart itself. And you get better regulation of blood sugar because if you're stressed, you've got your blood sugar rising to deal with the danger. But if you're relaxed, then your blood sugar doesn't have those kind of spikes to it. And re so relaxation helps all kinds of heart disease, coronary artery disease, can help headaches, PMS, people with chronic pain, if they learn to relax, their pain scores go down. It helps things like psoriasis and eczema, fibromyalgia, infertility, insomnia improves if people learn how to relax, uh, depression, alcohol, drug and smoking abuse, asthma, people have less uh, asthma attacks if they learn how to relax. And type 2, type two diabetes also improves. 
So your body responds to thoughts and images. So I'd like to take you on the classic example here, which is visualizing a lemon. So if you will, just close your eyes for a moment and imagine a big juicy lemon. And imagine that you've got a nice sharp knife and you're going to cut this lemon in half. Okay, imagine that blade going through this nice juicy lemon. And now you're going to take that half a lemon and you're going to bring it up to your lips and you're going to squeeze this lemon into your mouth. Just imagine these drops of lemon juice going into your mouth. Okay, how many people in this room have now started to salivate? Okay, so that's the power of your thoughts influencing your body. And there's a whole new branch of uh, science called psychoneuroimmunology, and where they're looking at the effects of thoughts and feelings and emotions on the body and the immune system in particular. Uh, Candace Pert, she's the person who discovered the opiate receptors in the brain and found that the brain actually creates its own opium, its own painkillers, the uh, endorphins. And then she discovered that these, um, these uh, chemicals of communication are not only in the brain, communicating between the brain cells, but they're also throughout the body, throughout the entire digestive system and the immune system. So she, she called them the molecules of emotions, these neuropeptides that are found everywhere throughout the body. In fact, there's more serotonin in the gut than there is in the brain. So we actually are getting information about our world through our gut. You know, the, the gut is actually interpreting some of this information. So when we have a gut feeling about something, there's actually some information there. And uh, so the, these, neurochemi these uh, neurochemicals are also in the brain. And we used to think the brain, you know, once you kind of grew up, that was it, your brain was set. But now with our late newer technology and using a functional MRI, we can actually see that the, brain's, that the brain is actually changing. With all of our experiences, the brain is changing. We're able to, uh, when we learn something new, we're actually creating new pathways in the brain. And uh, they've done some really interesting studies with uh, Tibetan monks who might be considered kind of the Olympic athletes of, uh, of, of the brain, that they've, these people have spent 10,000 hours in meditation. And their brains are actually quite different than yours or mine, because I don't think anyone in this room has spent 10,000 hours in meditation. But um, actually, I'm curious, how many people in this room meditate on some kind of basis, or some experience with meditation? Okay. So uh, the other thing that they found looking at these functional MRIs is that the different kinds of meditation that you do actually produce activity in different parts of the brain. So when they do the loving-kindness-compassion meditation, the uh, insula as part of the brain gets activated, and that's linked to emotions and blood pressure and heart rate. So how we think and what we think is actually influencing our body all the time. 
So here's a nice little picture of brain waves. So beta, that's what we're in now, kind of awake, alert consciousness. And then uh, they're, they're short, close together waves. And then alpha waves are a little bit longer and a little bit further spread apart. And that's when you, know, you get into these more relaxed, uh, meditative, and uh, we'll be experiencing this later in the uh, guided visualization portion. And then theta waves are when you get more deeply into meditation for a longer period. And then uh, these delta waves are, happen when we sleep. So here's a little bit more information about the brain waves. And they found actually these gamma waves with these uh, people who are very experienced meditators. And this, these waves might uh, correlate to uh, the samadhi experience or enlightenment, maybe. So one of the ways that we've gotten interested about brain waves is looking at biofeedback. And uh, we do biofeedback here at the Osher Center. Teresa Corrigan is our biofeedback practitioner. If you're interested, you can um, make an appointment with her. And you can actually learn how to change your physiological activity through real-time feedback. She'll hook you up to some little things and measure your heart rate and your brain waves, and you get to see it on the screen in real time, and then you see how when you start to relax that the waves actually change, and the more relaxed you get, the more nice and even your brain waves become. Um, they've also found that there's kind of, when you get relaxed enough that your breath slows down to about six breaths per minute, then your heart rate slows down and your blood pressure slows down. So there's this nice little resonance that happens when you get to that nice relaxed place. So there's been a lot of research into meditation. There's over a thousand studies. Uh, The Institute of Noetic Sciences has a really nice database about the physical and psychological effects of meditation. And the very first uh, citation about meditation was in 1937. Some people went to India and uh, hooked up some yogis who were doing some kind of pranayama or breathing exercise, and they found that their oxygen consumption increased by 25%. Another early study about um, uh, yogis involved uh, Elmer and Alice Green at the Menninger Foundation. They had Swami Rama come into their laboratory, and they hooked him up. And he had so much control over his circulation that he was able to turn half of his palm gray while the other half remained pink. Mm. And he was also able to stop his heart for a while and then start it back up again, which is pretty amazing. But it just, just indicates that we have some ability to control some of those autonomic functions if we only knew how, if we only would put in the time to do it. So the other thing they found with uh, some of this meditation research is that the heart rate is reduced, blood pressure is lowered. There was even a study that found some people had lower cholesterol. Uh, John Kabat-Zinn from the University of Massachusetts uh, has done quite a bit of study with anxiety and depression. And he's the developer of mindfulness-based stress reduction, which is another course we also have here at Osher. And... um, found some really, really good results with um, 
people who had anxiety, depression, and panic attacks. And the, these results, um, these changes were also maintained at follow-up. So it wasn't just during the time that they were meditating, but if they kept meditating, then they were better. So here are some things that help you relax. Herbs, and I'll uh, show you some examples in a minute. Massage therapy is very useful to help people relax. Tai Chi, yoga, meditation, biofeedback. Laughter, another great program we have here at the Osher Center is that laughter yoga. And uh, if you've never experienced it, it's a lot of fun. It's a great workout. I really encourage you to, to check it out. Um, music is great for relaxing. Um, either you can use it for exercising and then relax, you know, put on some Mozart or whatever you find to be really relaxing. Uh, singing is great because it also it's an opportunity for the exhalation to be longer than the inhalation. Dancing is really good. Get out some of that, that tension, physical tension. And pets can be really helpful for relaxing. I was uh, standing online at uh, the LA airport the other day waiting to find out about a flight that was delayed. And my friend whipped out her iPhone and started showing us pictures of her kitty. And you could just feel everybody in the line just relax. You know, it's like, oh, okay, so we're going to be late. Okay. So pets are great. So here are some uh, herbs that can help you relax. Chamomile tea is really helpful. Hops, valerian, lemon balm. Lavender as aromatherapy is very helpful. And this is one of my favorite therapies, Hatawata therapy. Anybody know what that is? <laughs> there you go. And uh, if you add Epsom salts, it's even better. Epsom salts are magnesium sulfate, and your body actually absorbs the magnesium, and it helps your muscles relax. It also keeps you from getting pruny, getting your skin pruny, so you can stay in the water longer. Uh, massage therapy, of course, is a uh, wonderful way to relax. Uh, sometimes what happens, especially when people are sitting in front of the computer, they're kind of, their muscles are sort of half contracted. You know, you're in that position where you're, you're not really all the way contracted, but you're just halfway there. And so some of those muscle fibrils get locked into contraction, and they don't even know how to relax anymore. So you need that firm, sustained pressure to help those little muscle fibrils relax. But one thing that's really helpful, we could do this right now, is we could just bring our shoulders all the way up to our ears, bring it all the way up, and then let it, let it down. And then the circulatory part of the massage helps your lymph system uh, process any metabolic waste, lactic acid, from those muscles being in that contracted state. Uh, some research about massage therapy. This is when they look at all the massage therapy research. And it's really interesting that massage therapy has significant effects on state anxiety. That means if you're in an anxious situation, if you get a massage, it can help you cope with that. It reduces blood pressure and heart rate, pain reduction. And it also helps with people who, are, uh, who have trade anxiety, which means that they're kind of constitutionally anxious. It's not the situation, but it's the way they think about things. And um, I found this to be really interesting that 
massage therapy was as effective as psychotherapy for depression. Not as effective as psychotherapy and drug therapy together, but just psychotherapy by itself, that massage therapy was as effective. So, okay, so we're ready to start learning a little bit more about uh, relaxation now. So I think breathing is really the key because breathing is kind of the way into that autonomic nervous system because it's breathing is something that happens without you thinking about it or if you bring your attention to it you can change it so just we'll we'll be doing this together in a few minutes but you're going to be bringing your attention to your breath and sometimes if you just bring your attention to your breath that's all you have to do you'll see that it already starts to change just by bringing your attention to your breath and ex- extended exhalation lowers blood pressure so you know when Whenever anything of a stressful nature happens, the first thing to do is to go, (sighs) just let it out. That whole sighing thing is really very effective for lowering your blood pressure and changing your state. Uh, If you soften your belly so that makes it easier for your diaphragm to come down, and then it makes it easier to have a deeper breath, to have a, a... a breath with your abdomen because we, we tend to breathe up here in our chest especially if we're anxious so if you can just get the breath to drop down into your belly that will be the beginning of relaxation so I was playing this uh, when you first walked in but I'd like you to just take a moment now the mind is like the sea which can be rough on the surface. With mountainous waves stirred up by ferocious wind, but calm and peaceful at the bottom. Sometimes we catch sight of this peaceful mind, even in times of trouble. These glimpses of peace can show us that we may have more inner resources to draw upon than we had realized. With skill and patience, we can learn how to be in touch with our peaceful selves. And this was written by Tolku Thandup, who's a Tibetan monk. And he's written a couple of books. One is called Boundless Healing, where this came from. And his first book was called The Healing Power of Mind. Some very simple but very effective uh, guided visualizations. So, how to relax. Here's a step-by-step instruction. So the first thing you want to do is to soften your belly. Then you're going to want to close your eyes, but not just yet. <laughs> and you're going to be, want to become aware of your breath. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to show you some slides here, and then we're going to do it. But I just want to show you what, we're going to, what we'll be doing. So the first thing we're going to do is a body scan. I'm going to take you through each part of your body and have you relax each part one at a time. And then you're going to breathe into any areas of tension that you find. And then you're going to visualize your body filling up with a cleansing foam. 
so you'll be getting any little bits of tension that you missed in the part, one, one part at a time. And then this is something that I love to do if I can't sleep. I visualize a silvery shower starting at the very top of your head and just going down through your entire body. Very relaxing. And then, so after we get our bodies all nice and relaxed, then I'm going to invite you into the movie theater of your mind. I'm going to ask you to visualize a green triangle. And then I'm going to ask you to visualize a red square. And you're going to manipulate this red square. And then I'm going to ask you to visualize a yellow circle rising up from the bottom of the screen. And then I'm going to ask you to imagine a really peaceful place. Some place where you just love to be. That's really peaceful. And so I'm going to ask you to imagine yourself actually being there and seeing the colors of the trees and the color of the sky and to feel the breeze on your cheek and to hear the birds in the distance. Okay, so go ahead and close your eyes. Bring your awareness to your feet. You can wiggle your, your toes and your shoes if you like for a moment. And bring all of your awareness to your feet. Let your toes relax. Bring your awareness to the arch of your foot. Let the arch of your foot relax. Bring your awareness to your ankles. Let your ankle relax. Bring your awareness up into your calves. Let your calves relax. Bring your awareness to your knees. Let your knees relax. Bring your awareness to your thighs. Really feel where your thigh is in contact with the chair. Let the chair support you. Let your thighs relax. Bring your awareness to your lower back. Feel your lower back contact with the chair. Bring your awareness around to your belly. Let your belly relax and expand with each breath. Bring your awareness to your mid-back, to your rib cage. Let your mid-back and rib cage relax. Bring your awareness up to your shoulders. And if you see any tension there, just let it go out with the next out breath. 
Bring your awareness down into your arms, to your elbows, to your wrists, to your palms, to your fingertips. And let your arms and hands relax. Bring your awareness to the back of your neck. Let the back of your neck relax. Bring your awareness to your jaw. And let your jaw drop for a moment. This is the relaxed position for your jaw. Let your cheeks relax. Let your tongue relax. See if you can let your tongue be flat in your mouth like a dog. Let your tongue relax. Let your eyelids relax. Let your forehead relax. And bringing your awareness to the top of your head, let the top of your head and your scalp relax. Now bring your awareness back to your feet and imagine that there's a cleansing foam rising up through your toes and your ankles, your knees, your calves, your thighs, your hips, rising all the way up your back, flowing out your arms, This cleansing foam is getting rid of any other tension that there might be. Cleansing your whole body, every cell, rising up your neck and filling your head. Everything's all nice and sudsy. And now from the very top of your head, imagine that there's a cleansing silvery shower. It's rinsing out the inside of your head, rinsing out your neck, rinsing out your shoulders and your arms, your rib cage, your abdomen, flowing down through your hips, through your knees, through your calves, rinsing all the way down through your ankles and your feet. Now you're squeaky clean and totally relaxed. Now I'd like you to bring your attention to the back of your forehead and imagine there's a movie screen there. 
and you're sitting in the most comfortable movie theater, the movie theater of your mind. And on the black screen in front of you, I'd like you to imagine that there is a green triangle. See all three sides of this triangle. And then let this triangle dissolve. In its place, I'd like you to see a red square. See the top and the bottom, the sides of the red square. Now you can see this red square turning. You can actually make it into a cube, a 3D cube. See all the sides of the cube. Okay, now let that relax, let that dissolve. And from the bottom of the screen, imagine that there's a yellow circle rising from the bottom of the screen. It's just like the sun, and it becomes the sun, and you can feel the warmth of the sun. And your whole body is relaxing in the warmth of the sun. You find yourself walking down a trail, and there's woods on either side, You can smell the pine needles. You can feel a gentle breeze on your cheek. You can hear the birds singing in the distance. You're walking down this trail. And you can see in the distance that there's a blue pond in the distance. You're walking down this trail and you come to the pond. And there's a little dock. And you can just sit for a few moments on this dock, looking at the water and maybe the breeze is ruffling the water. But as you sit there, the breeze starts to slow down. The little ripples on the water start to slow down and smooth out. And you're just looking at this beautiful, calm water. You're feeling the warmth of the sun. And you're feeling very, very relaxed. And as you look into this water, 
as the water calms down, you can see things in this pond. Maybe there's some beautiful fish, some goldfish, some koi. Everyone will see something different in the pond. Maybe there's some kind of message for you in the pond. Just take a few moments now and gaze into the pond. And see what there is for you there. Now you see that the sun is starting to set. The sky is turning pink and purple. The breeze is getting a little cooler. And you realize it's going to be time to come back pretty soon. But just take another look around this healing place and just notice. Notice the water, notice the birds, notice the trees. Notice how you feel in this place, how relaxed and peaceful. You can bring something back. Maybe it's a seashell or a rock, bird feather, a leaf. Just pick something to bring back as a souvenir to remind yourself about this feeling this calm, peaceful, healing feeling. And know that whenever you want to, you can come back here. So pick your souvenir now. and start walking back on the path with the trees on either side and the birds are going back to their nests for the night. And as you're walking along, you come to a staircase And there are five steps on this staircase. 
and we're starting at number one. And when we get to number five, we'll be back in this room feeling refreshed and revived. <clears throat> one, two, three, halfway back, four, and when I say the number five, you can open your eyes and feel refreshed and alert. Five. When you're ready, you can open your eyes. So how was that? Anybody like to share anything about their journey? Yeah. I was twitching. Some part of my body twitching. twitching. Oh, that's so interesting. What part? Well, in different areas, I uh -huh. just noticed while I was trying to relax, uh -huh. some part of my body was giving some sp like, like spasm. spasm. Yeah. We call that unwinding oh. in, in massage, you know, when you get those little twitches. It's like, it's like the, the, the muscle is kind of trying to, to, it's trying to contract so it can relax. So um, do you do any yoga? Yeah, so that would probably be really helpful, you know, where you get even just the whole lying on the mat, the pressure of lying on the mat will help those muscles relax. Yeah. Anybody else? Yeah. I found myself nodding off. Uh-huh. And I don't know, um, you know, if I did it before, but I always fall asleep. You always fall asleep. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if there's anything that I can do or, you know, How much sleep are you getting? Really? Yeah. So you're getting enough sleep. Um, sometimes there's more active forms of meditation that might be more effective, like um, Tai Chi is a moving meditation, so you wouldn't be falling asleep, but you'd still be getting that meditative state. Because to me, it's like there are these different um, gears. Like guided visualization is like one gear, and then silent meditation is like another gear. So, you know, it's just trying to find the thing that works for you. Um, and then, you know, nodding off is okay, too. I mean, it's about relaxation, so whatever, you know. Yeah? Uh, I've had 10,000 hours of nap time, I think. Nap time, okay. <laughs> that's good. Is napping yeah. as, as good as meditation? You know, that's a great question. And um, I think that there's a certain kind of training that they're talking about that if you stay awake for what's happening in your brain, that different things happen. Um, though I think napping is great too. I think anything where you're hitting the pause button is really good for your body, especially in today's world. I mean, any kind of like getting out of the, you know, is going to be good. So I think that there are other benefits to meditation than there are to naps. But uh, I'm in favor of both of them. If you're a napper, I, I'm not somebody who naps. So. Yeah. Um, I had eight hours sleep the night before and five hours sleep last night. Uh huh. And I'm very wound up usually. Yeah. So with this meditation, uh, I almost fell asleep. So that would be good for me to use to fall asleep. Yes. Yes, the guided visualization is great for going to sleep 
to getting people to fall asleep. Yeah. Because um, I think a lot of times when people fall asleep when they're meditating, it means they're not getting enough sleep. So, um, especially if you have insomnia, you know, things that are keeping you up, then the guided visualization can be really helpful for settling everything down and then letting you get to sleep. Yeah. Any, any other questions? What does it mean when you fall asleep? It means you're tired. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When you asked us to visualize a theater uh-huh. in the back of our head, uh-huh. um, I saw black, and then all of a sudden when you told us to, when you told us to look for green, red, and yellow, the uh-huh. vision started changing too. Uh-huh. Is that normal? Yeah. Like vision inside. Yeah. 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 Is that supposed to? Be? Yeah, that is exactly what's supposed to happen. You're supposed to see your. The idea behind this is that you actually are using your right brain to, to see these images because images have a very strong effect in your body. And so the, the little triangle and the circle, it's just, it's just to get you started using that facility. You know, I think artists use it a lot more. And so this is just kind of like we all have those abilities. We all have that right side of our brain that sees things in images. Because the left side is what's telling you, it's talking to you, it's telling you in words what's happening. But images, like we all have dreams, right? Those are all images. The images are very powerful. So it's like getting, getting information from both sides of your brain. And this is just kind of a way to start using that to get that, that side going. Does that make sense? Yeah. Anything else? So um, I'd like to tell you that I've written a book. It's called Explaining Health, What You Need to Know to Stay Healthy. I have a few copies in the back. I'd be happy to sign some books if people are interested at the end. Um, any other questions I can answer for anyone? I was wondering when you visualize and you visualize something different, mm-hmm. does that have some symbolic meaning? I, I think it always has meaning. Um, and I think it's very individual. When I do the um, guided visualization class here at Osher, um, we do some more time where people make up their own symbols. And what's so interesting to see the symbols that people come up with, and they're all very personal symbols. Like this one woman came up with, she came up with cranes, whooping cranes. I mean, she was from Finland or something. So. Whooping cranes meant something to her. It was like a kind of protection. And it's not a symbol I ever in my wildest dreams would ever have come up with, that that was something that she felt had significance for her. So I think whatever comes up is very interesting because a lot of times you think, oh, I'm going to do this, and then something completely else comes up. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, it's kind of like dreams in that way. It's like, mm, what does this mean? Where, what is this trying to tell me? So I think it's a way of your unconscious to, to give you some information. So I think it's really interesting to see what comes up. And the, the more time you do this, that you just kind of let yourself, it's kind of like a conscious daydream. And it's, I, I just think it puts you in a physiologically really wonderful place. You know, it's, it's relaxed, but it's also creative. So it's kind of that. It's a, I just find it's a really nice state. And I think that whatever comes up is significant. 
you might not always understand the significance, like dreams, you don't always know what they mean, but you know that there's some, there's something good there. Yeah. Yeah. Alrighty. So, I'd like to thank you all for coming. Christina. Actually, I was going to ask, you had a slide yeah. that uh, mentioned herbs and yeah. chamomile and lavender uh-huh. and others to help relax. Um, are there particular ways that you like to use those herbs? Yeah, um, well, here's a perfect uh, prescription. Make a cup of chamomile tea. Put some lavender oil in your bath. And... Um, then put some Epsom salts in your bath, turn down the lights, put on some music, and you have the perfect uh, prescription for relaxation. Yeah. Um, my mom also gave me a good tip to get like a satchel of lavender and put it underneath your pillow. Yeah, that's, that's a really nice way to use lavender. Yeah. Uh, eye pillow. Eye pillow. Do you think, Excellent. Do you think eye pillows, you know, if they're not too heavy, kind of help you with visualization because you're, yes. you're, you're, it blocks out the light. It blocks out the light and also brings your attention to that area. Yeah, I think that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a difference in the way you present this to children or to young people that might be having stress with uh, sleeping? Yeah. Um, you know, kids are masters of visualization because they're doing it all the time. And I was uh, on a sleepover once when my daughter was in the third grade and the kids were just wild and they couldn't settle down because they were so excited to be all together in one room. It was nuts. So what I did with them, and it worked like this. It was incredible. I said, imagine your feet filling up with sand. Imagine your feet getting heavy. And in like less than a minute, I heard snoring. I mean, it was fantastic. So I think with kids, you give them just a little bit of direction, and they'll take it away. But I think any kind of, uh, like for sleep, you know, visualizations where you're imagining your body getting heavy. I mean, I didn't really want to put you guys to sleep. That wasn't really my intention. But if you are trying to get to sleep, just visualizing your body getting heavy and that you can't move it is a really effective visualization for getting to sleep because that actually is what happens when you fall asleep. You can't move. There's a paralysis that happens. So any kind of, you know, I think with kids, they just need a little bit, and then they'll take it away because they spend their whole day visualizing. You know, let's pretend, let's play, let's do this. So that's all that part of the brain, that seeing things happening. And it's so real when kids say, I'm the princess, and you're the frog, and you're the whatever. It's all real, you know. They're not, they're, they're really good at it. Yeah. Are there any self-visualization um, we can do, or do we need to go through? Um, yeah, I think basically if you visualize a place that's really relaxing to you, either it's a place you've been, a place you want to go, uh, Anything that makes you feel good is going to work for you. Yeah, it's the feeling that you're after, that emotional feeling. Okay, thank you. You've been listening to a podcast by University of California Television. For more information about this program or UCTV, visit us online at uctv.tv.